Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for joining us on this podcast, Adventures of the Awakened Heart. My name is Julie Tara. I'll be your host here today. And the purpose of this podcast is to inspire and empower our world to center in the heart and come from the heart and awaken our hearts to the beauty of this world and each other. I'm really excited today to have Jesse Harless with us. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Julie. Excited I'm to be here. So happy you're here. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to tell our listeners just a little about you. Jesse Harless, MA, is a leader in the addiction, recovery, and mental health space. He's the author of the best selling book, Smash Your Comfort Zone with Cold Showers and the CEO of Entrepreneurs in Recovery events, which are highly experiential online and in-person events to help individuals and organizations discover their inherent ability to develop coherence, increase resilience, harness strengths, amplify appreciation, and create purposeful visions. Jesse's next book, If Not You, Then Who? will be released on 2-22-2021. Jesse holds an MA in Clinical Mental Health Counseling from Riviera University, and he is a HeartMath certified trainer, as well as an exchange faculty member. You can visit his website at recoveryfacilitation.com. All right, Jesse. So we are here today um, to talk about the heart and the awakened heart. And um, I have a few questions here prepared. Um, and the first one is just to, since you're part of our Gaia community, um, and thank you for that. <clears throat> how long would you say you have been on the path of spiritual awakening? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, I would say probably you know, I feel like a part of it started for me at around the age 13. And then what happened is I fell into addiction. So I, I really fell out of it for the next uh, nine years. And then when I found recovery at the age of 22 is when that quest for spirituality really started coming back very strongly because it's um, not for everyone, but uh, for a lot of people in recovery, a bigger component is 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 spirituality it's not so much religion but just like spirituality connection to nature a power greater than yourself so it started at 22 and and now today that's the most probably the most important thing in my life is that connection yes and and i'm sure you know that's partly why you also love gaia you know which uh which I wanted to ask you about is, you know, what is the most impactful aspect of Gaia for you on your journey? Yeah, so Gaia, I started watching about two years ago and um, it was a close friend of mine, Nick. He actually came over one night and he's like, hey, I wanna show you this show. And I believe the show was Ancient Civilizations. And I watched an episode with him and I was really curious of what was happening here. So, so it really started about two years ago. And then what I did is I just started watching the shows at night on my own. I'm like, let me just start watching. And I just started, you know, kind of binge watching whole shows like Ancient Civilizations and uh, Missing Links by Greg Braden, uh, all three seasons. And 
I just started to really um, take in all this new knowledge that I didn't have before and new, new science, like new peer-reviewed journal articles that I have never seen before that, you know, someone like Greg would be presenting or new discoveries about ancient civilizations. And so two years ago, I started, you know, getting into Gaia. And now today it's definitely part of my regular watching routine is, is checking out Gaia and watching their new shows. And it's so amazing because it's, there's not just a guy. It's not just like shows like ancient civilizations or missing links. There's also yoga sequences and you can, you can learn how to do yoga and you can learn how to meditate and you can uh, learn about nutrition and there's so much in the ecosystem. Uh, so I just love the diversity of options too. It is a huge ecosystem. I do yoga on Gaia every day, but you know, like Missing Links, Greg Braden, um, you know, we're starting with the Gaia Sphere events again now this year and, and we have, you know, him coming and we have Graham Hancock coming next month and Nassim Harriman is, is coming this month. And it's so exciting to learn from these, you know, really brilliant thinkers. Um, so yeah, there's a lot there, and uh, I, I know, having talked with you prior, that you you are an amazing thinker yourself, and you you're able to puzzle piece a lot of things together, which I really really love. Um, so so this podcast, you know, as we spoke before, is, is a little about, um, or a lot about, I should say, something that I feel called to right now, which is in the midst of all this. Uh, turbulence that we're experiencing to what I keep hearing is keep coming back to your heart, keep coming back to your heart, Julie, and shine your light from the heart. And so that's why I started this. So I was wondering, like, for you, what does the awakened heart mean to you? Yeah, um, the awakened heart. So, you know, the heart wasn't something I was ever paying attention to. I, I really just, the heart to me, even though, and even in, you know, religion, ancient wisdom traditions, the heart has always been like the center. And, and, but I never really like focused on the heart. It wasn't like a conscious perception shift to the heart. I was still living in my mind. And, um, you know, I started to realize with the power of, um, you know, heart math and the work they're doing and getting into them and in and, and the last year and a half, that there's a lot of power in just focusing into the heart. So literally drawing your focus into the heart and taking a few breath, breaths and then maybe having a feeling of appreciation or care that you feel into the heart and you literally physically feel it into your heart. You bring your senses there and What's really powerful is it, it starts to drop you from the mind to the heart. You, you almost start to feel this drop in. And the heart is like almost like a bridge. And, and we know now that the heart speaks to the mind, or the, the heart speaks to the brain more than the, the brain speaks to the heart, a lot more actually. So we're, we're learning a lot about the heart and how the heart actually has a memory system, which is those sensory neurites. So we actually know that there's actually neurons in the heart that are not dissimilar to what are, are in the brain. There's actually over 40,000 of those sensory neurites. So there's so much new discoveries about the heart that my focus has definitely been more, whether I'm meditating or praying or whatever I'm doing, even in silence or doing a, 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 taking a walk in nature, I really try to drop into my heart. And um, even in this interview right now, I, I'm, 
you know, I'm trying to, we're, we're creating this now, this coherence, right? This coherent field. And we're, we're, we're in sync with each other. We're in flow. So many people have experiences, probably all people have experienced coherence and flow. And so that's what's happening right now. And that's, that's really a result of the heart brain harmony. So there's a harmony between the two. And so to, to, that's really one of my main focuses, whether I'm facilitating an addiction and mental health recovery, whether I'm speaking or whether I'm just having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's like trying to, to really focus into the heart without trying, you know, it just becomes second nature and it's very intuitive doing that. So that's, that's kind of my take on today that the heart is, is, is the most thing, the most important thing I try to focus on is, is that heart. Cause it's so easy right now to just come right back into the mind and just stay into the mental mind chatter. So finding time to slow down and drop into the heart has been really, really key. You know, I love that. And the fact that you work with HeartMath, I'm just thinking, you know, a couple of years ago, I went out to HeartMath. Uh, we were working on getting, you know, HeartMath and Gaia working together and getting HeartMath on the platform and uh, had an amazing experience out there, you know, with them um, under the redwoods at night with a, you know, beautiful fire. And it was just really one of the most memorable evenings of my life and um, so heart-centered. And a, and a lot of time we just spent in silence, you know, that evening. And then we would speak a little and then, you know, drop back into the silence and the heart resonance. So um, I definitely want to do more of their work. Um, but I love it that, you know, you're here and have done so much of that. And uh, so, you know, given and you, you have so much more knowledge of, of it uh, and experience of it than many. Um, but I was wondering if you could share a, a, a life story maybe you have a couple, I don't know, of a, of a real transformational experience where perhaps you went from feeling just a closed heart to really a, a sudden opening, a sudden full-on awakening, um, maybe unexpected, usually those kind of moments are. Um, would you like to share something like that with us? Yeah, there's been many. and I think a lot of people have had many of those, you know, moments. And, you know, coming from a history of you know, mental health conditions and, and, and addiction, it's, there's been a lot, you know? And so I think even through the, the journey of recovery, there's been a lot. And, you know, I can, I can give you an example when this happened a couple of nights ago, you know, um, you know, I was on a call with someone who I was collaborating with and what ended up happening is, you know, we don't really, sometimes our triggers are unconscious. Our emotional triggers are unconscious and we don't realize they're there until they get triggered. And so I was on this um, collaborative project with someone, we're on a call and, and there was a way in a mannerism that this person was behaving, which was them just doing their best and being themselves, but it triggered me in the way they were being very direct with their directions, because it brought me back to childhood and remembering when authority figures or, or someone above me or older than me was really direct with their commands and really, and, and I felt a physical trauma. I could feel physically that I dropped into the sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight, I physically felt that. In fact, my pupils actually dilated. I actually noticed that because that's how present I've become with doing meditation and heart math. Like I've become that aware that I can actually see the physical changes that happen when we drop into that fight or flight. And so that's what happened. And here's the problem. Instead of setting a healthy boundary 
during that conversation, which is what today I'm all about is about setting. It's that compassionate confront. It's that setting that healthy boundary. And, uh, you know, Dr. Judith Orloff loves to say, she says, feel the fear and set the boundary anyway. And I love that because that's what I need to do today to protect my energy and to really make the relationship be healthier, to have that healthy communication. And I didn't do that. I failed to do that. And when I got off the call, I had to take about an hour to reintegrate myself. I, I literally had to, I actually had to journal. So this is a big tool that I've been using for the last 15 years is journaling. And I just started journaling out what just happened there. And, and after I wrote it down, like what happened there and why I was hurt, it wasn't so much of like a past trauma being triggered. It was that I didn't speak my voice. I didn't speak my truth. That's why I was hurt. And so I wrote this out. And then what happened by writing it out and taking some time to kind of decompress, I was able to see the gratitude that I actually had for that moment. I was actually to see the gratitude for that person that they were just doing their best and that you know, it was not a big deal. And that next time we're on a call together, I can go there. And, and so I never had this ability to do this. Something like that would stick with me like glue for like a month. One thing like that would stick to me like glue for a month or 10 years. So today, I, within an hour, we're just learning self-regulation techniques, whether it's meditation or journaling, I'm able to then look at my part and look at what's what's actually great about this. After I wrote down some of the hurt and my part, but what's great about this, it literally just flipped the whole thing. And I actually was able to then get back to work. And so that's just one example in real time that just happened two days ago. So this stuff happens all the time. Um, and you just know, today, that's a, it's a powerful, powerful story because it reminds me of the, the, the book on radical forgiveness. I think it's by Topping. He, it's a really incredible book about how we can shift our perspective to see the tremendous value that someone's bringing us that we struggle with, that we, you know, and you unpacked it in such a, a conscious way so that you wouldn't just be continuing the reaction so that you could actually move into a response position. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly, yeah, and you, you, you nailed it. It was just going from being reactive to proactive. And it wasn't even, it wasn't even I, that I had to try too. It was just kind of like, oh, I feel hurt right now. And instead of staying in that hurt and eating and numbing it away with food or numbing it with my phone or numbing it with technology or people pleasing, I, I just sat with myself. And that's what I've learned in 2020. 2020 has taught me with all this time of spending here alone, you know, or with people, but, but more time in the home, it's taught me to just slow down and feel that pain. It's okay. And feel through it instead of letting it get stuck. And so that's, that's really, yeah, that's been really, really big for me and I'm not perfect at it, but I'm, I'm getting better and and plus i'm i'm obviously i'm actually releasing a book next month that talks about stuff like this so if i'm not practicing it um you know it's out of integrity so that's that's kind of like the daily mission is, is to just get back to that wholeness to get back to that coherent state get out of my mind in the fight or flight and 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 start to um you know be centered in I think that's beautiful. And I think this last year of 2020 has really helped us all to 
to center, hopefully, you know, like I, I feel like it's been quite a privilege, even though it's been difficult and challenging, it's been quite a privilege to be able to spend so much quiet time sort of uh, going in and feeling into what's really critical from my own value system and keep keeping coming back to the heart, returning to yoga every day, which of course is also so heart centered and you know inspired me to do to do this uh this podcast too because it just kept coming back to that like this is this is the center point i was listening to nasim uh, harman last night and he was talking about the spinning space time and then how the consciousness practice is always to come back to the still center point and having been a ballet dancer, I was laughing to myself going, I always loved spinning. I always loved being on point and spinning. It was so fun. But in order to do a great pirouette, you have to be incredibly centered in the very center of your being. Otherwise you can't do it. You just fall off the point. And so uh, the point shoot, you know, so it was, it was just really great to be reflecting on that. And, and so I feel like the heart is that, uh, entry or portal to the center of the center of the center of the being yeah yeah absolutely and uh and by the way thank you for having me as your first guest on your show so thank you so much for that as well could have been more perfect feel honored but yeah absolutely it's it's just something that we're not it's not really taught in our culture to 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 just drop back into that centeredness to be rooted in the heart like we're not we're not really taught how to do that. And and uh, I, I chose to take the path of going to college and I went to college for like 10 years and and I, we never talked about the heart once. <laughs> so I, I, I find it really fascinating. We kind of branch out into other knowledge and watch shows on Gaia, like, uh, you know, actually not to bring up missing links again, but Greg talks, Greg Braden talks a lot about heart coherence and he talks about heart mass work and, and um, and so it's it's definitely it's definitely like the it's 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 not just a, a pump right the heart's not just a pump it's 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 it, there's more to it and so um and 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 you know some would say oh there's this there's a high spiritual heart too and like you know to me it's all beautiful it's all just connected the physical heart the way it the way it actually gets in harmony with the brain and then the idea of that the heart is the center and that you know high spiritual heart you know it's like i love all that stuff because we can to me that's that's universal it's not exclusive it includes everyone we all have a heart and so it's 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 that's what i love about the idea of the heart yes yes beautifully said you know i'm i'm, I'm feeling like you, you went through a lot in your life with with your experience with addiction and so forth and i'm just wondering is there a story from that time where you were able to sort of pop through, shall I say, back into your true heart-centered self? Yeah, I mean, I one of the things I thought about when you said that was a time before I found recovery. What I mean by before I found recovery is I was addicted to um, opioids, cocaine, alcohol. And during that time, it was it was a very hopeless time towards the end of uh, my use. And But there was a moment that I had that happened where I, I, hit a, I hit a place, an emotional bottom, and 
the baffling part about addiction is it doesn't want to give up. The addiction, that addicted part, it doesn't want to give up. So I knew I needed help, so I made an appointment at the Orlando Hospital. I think it might have a new name, but at the time it was called the Orlando Hospital. And I was living in Florida, and I went to the hospital, and I, and I got into this room with this doctor. His name is Dr. Lee. And this doctor, and so the reason I was there is because I was crashing fast with, uh, with the drug use and the way I was feeling. And so I went there hoping the doctor would just look at me and then stick the stethoscope up my nose and see the damage I was doing and just say, hey, man, you need help. Because I wasn't going to tell him. And he did it. He stuck the stethoscope up and then he just looked at me. He's like, how can I help you today? You know, what's, what's going on? And I'm like... And instead of me just telling him the truth and asking for help, I protected the addiction. And I said, hey, I think I have ADD. I think I need to get some medication for that. And he, and then he started telling me about the process to get that and the tests that were involved. And I was like, oh, I'm doomed. I'm not going to be able to feel better. I'm not going to be able to get my fix. And then he looks at me and says, hey, Jess, can I do something for you? And I said, sure. He's like, can I pray for you? And I was like this is bizarre. Here's a doctor of medicine and he's asking to pray for me. And I said, what, what do I have to lose at this point? And he, and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said a prayer and then he looked at me and he said, give me a second. And he looked up on his computer and he found a group that was meeting at this mega church. And it was a group. It wasn't a, it wasn't like a meeting for Alcox Anonymous. Or it wasn't a meeting for any of that. It was just, it was just a bunch of young people getting together to get to know each other. And I don't think he knew what it was and I definitely didn't know what it was, but he just, he followed his heart. And he said, here's the address. This is where you should go tonight. And I left the office. That was the end of the conversation. And I went that night to that meeting and I didn't drink and I didn't use drugs. And I went there sober and I had this amazing connection with this person and she invited me back to another speaker. And, and I'm not going to continue. The story continues on. It's actually in my book, but the story continues on. But that was a moment where I felt, I felt I dropped into the heart. I felt hope for the first time in a many years at that moment. And, and I knew there was something more than what I was doing. Now, I still relapse back into the drugs and alcohol very hard for the next probably about seven more months. But then I eventually hit the bottom. You don't have to hit a bottom, by the way. With addiction, you, you do not have to hit a bottom. You could just be emotionally done. Enough is enough. But for me, I, I hit a bottom physically, mentally, spiritually, and I found my bottom. But I wanted to share that story because that little spark of hope planted a huge seed that maybe there is more than what's happening in my world. And I truly believe that doctor followed his heart to give me that message. Well, the heart connects all around the world. And it's so interesting to hear your story because as you were telling it and you said, and then he, and I thought, oh my gosh, he asked him if he could pray for him. I just, I heard it before you said it. I'm like, right, we're so connected. We're all so connected. That is such a powerful story. And hope is so critical at this time. We're all searching for hope. And you are one, you are a bringer of hope, and I, I know this about you. And what I love, it's what I love about you. Um, many things, but that. Um, 
So gosh, with that experience, how has that really shifted, changed, informed, you know, how you have gone forward in this life? Yeah, so there was a few of those experiences and those experiences gave me a lot of hope. And I believe with talking to many thousands of people in mental health recovery and addiction recovery, that we all have those experiences. Because I've talked to every type of person you can imagine. And when I start to tell my story and share that, that's why our stories matter. Our stories matter so much. And when I share that story with people or other stories like it, they always have a story to tell me. And, and so I'm always hearing a story of synchronicity or a story of the heart. And I'm like, this is like a universal thing. And so what is it teaching us? And what it taught me was that there's more to this. And so when I found recovery at 22, I let go for the first time in my entire life. I just, I just kind of just surrendered, like I'm done. I'm worn out and I'm tired. And I was only 22, but I was done. And so I allowed new information to be received. I became open and willing. And all of a sudden new mentors came in and I met a drug and alcohol counselor therapist who came in and all these beautiful souls started coming in. And all of a sudden I was having this shift of thinking, this paradigm shift. And I realized that the world is not black and white the way I thought it was. It was my perception that was, that was creating. My perception was creating a false reality. And then when I started to receive new information and I was finding recovery, I started to realize like, oh my God, there's a whole world out here. And for the first time in my life, it took a several years later, but I started traveling and I had never traveled. I had never went, to, I just didn't travel. And so I started to travel and I started to like expand my horizons and read new books. And it just started opening this whole new world of, of hope and that's the path I, I continue on because I've been able to clear up so many other addictions and, and poor habits that have come in that we face when we find recovery from one thing, oftentimes another one sneaks in the back door. And I've been able to get through all of these and continue to learn and continue to grow and go through the pain, but, but ultimately feel at a place today where I feel really whole for the first time in my entire life. So this is, so this is today my hope and for others is that we, we, I believe it's, it's, well, we all know we have a heart, so no one can dispute that. And I believe that that field we were just mentioning is true. There is a field of energy that's happening and it's actually called the Higgs field. They have researched that. And so that field that this heart is connected to and what heart math would, would call, you know, global coherence you know, that we're all connected to this field. It's beautiful. And, and today, if anything, like I just get more examples of that as I connect with people like you and new people that just come into my life that are, that are sharing information for us to connect deeper with the heart, right? That's why I feel like I met you. It's like, it was to go even deeper into this place of the heart. And that's, that's really important. Absolutely, absolutely. And so as we look at the fragmentation and the, and the chaos and the, the, let's say, craziness of the light, you know, the world we're seeing, what would you say, how could you encapsulate perhaps your, your heart vision, you know, for, for our world? Maybe for our galaxy, maybe for our universe, maybe for our multiverse. 
Well, the, you know, that's a big question. So the best way I can answer it is to say, to follow our heart. So that's the best way I can say it. And what does that mean? What it means to me is following the hunch, following the out of the blue experiences, following the things that just seem a little out of the blue, starting to watch, to receive an information from your intuition. And I really believe that that's universal. And so people call it different names too. They might call it the spirit or Holy Spirit or whatever they call it, but but it's there and trusting the intuition to guide us. And I think that's where we'll, go, we'll realize that the division and the duality and what we're experiencing is actually just a cry for help. It's just a cry for connection. We just wanna be loved. Our child, our inner child got wounded. We're just all playing on this big stage of power. And at the end of the day, it's, we just really wanna find happiness and we wanna bring it back to the heart, but we're doing it in different ways and it's really colliding together. So I really believe that it's a revolution of the heart that we need. And that might sound really lofty and woo-woo, and it's like, it's not. Because when you drop into the heart, you start to receive your own truth. And that truth can align with many others. And so I, that's what I really believe is that it's just really kind of following our intuition and, and then listening and realize that there is, there is something here. Call it a field, call it God, call it universe. There's something happening. It's not random chaos in the universe. There's something happening here. And we can tune into that simply by just dropping into our heart and doing some deep breaths, two or three deep breaths right into the heart, just slowing things down. And I think we all have time to do that. I think we all have time to take two minutes or five minutes to just start to take some deep breaths into the heart, maybe breathe in for four and hold for seven and breathe out for five or whatever, but breathe into the heart. And so I believe we can start to do that as a whole and we'll start to slow down and ask ourselves, how can we help and prevent the sixth mass extinction? How can we help to make it a win-win for all life? And I really think it starts with just slowing down a little bit, and realizing we're running a lot of this by the ego and the mind. And I think a lot of people know what I'm saying. I'm just kind of reiterating points that I think are good to, to say again. No, it's, it's beautifully said. And uh, it's interesting, I just came off a, a four day dream summit. And we spoke a lot about, you know, the, the sixth extinction and the and the ecosystem and how the earth speaks to us through dreams and, and the deep psychology, the deep ecology, how do we use technology to support this awakening. And uh, it was so heart-centered and so, yes, absolutely. What, what you just said was perfect. Um, gosh, uh, you know, my my last question, I think you may have already answered it, is, is just sort of within everything you've shared today. You know, what is the one nugget of wisdom that our listeners can take away with them, you know, that they can integrate, you know, into their lives at this time? I think the biggest thing I can share is that I've heard this said, and this is coming to me now, complexity is the killer of motivation. And that was said by Benjamin Hardy. And I say that because we're making things very complex. Wellness and health is simple. And so that's what I'm going to encourage everyone to do is just make one change starting right now 
commit to one change. And that one change could be, you know what? I'm going to get Gaia and I'm going to start watching yoga videos and I'm just going to practice five minutes a day. And it's not because yoga is the answer or any of that. It's because I need to get my body moving. I need to get my lymphatic system moving because that brings health. And then maybe I take tomorrow and I make my first smoothie. And maybe I start to just do these little actions, these little habits that we all know we need to do. Maybe we start just walking outside. You know it's cold. Cold is actually good. It's alkaline. So we start walking outside and maybe we take a longer walk than normal. Maybe we walk into the in nature and, and we start connecting with someone. We bring someone with us. But it's these little habits that stack up to something major. And that's all I did at 22 is I just took small habits and I did them over and over and over. And eventually they started stacking and more habits were learned. And I think that's the biggest thing. Let's not complicate this. Just make one small commitment and change right now while listening to this. Write it down and then start today and then do it for the next 40 days minimum and make that your goal and get accountability if you need to. But I'm, I'm like the habit guy. So it's like, find something, you know, I'm also a cold shower guy. So it's, it's like, do something that's going to smash your comfort zone that gets you ready to rock and roll in 2021. And so that no matter what's happening in the mainstream media and all these things, you're able to come back to your heart and you're able to take care of your well-being so you can show up for the people you serve. Because at the end of the day, I can get lost in all of that stuff. But I have to remember, what am I here for? What is my purpose here? And it's really to help. It's to serve or help people who struggle with what I once struggled with. And that's really what. And so that's what a question you can ask yourself is, how can I serve? How can I serve? And it could be your family. It could be your community, an online community. Maybe it's a Zoom. There's a lot of us are virtual right now. So that's my message is, is really just small habits, small daily habits. Start today, one habit. You know, I really, really love that. I, um, I've worked a lot with Brendan Bouchard and he's all about those little habits every day. He's just such a wonderful, wonderful mentor <clears throat> with that. Um, gosh, this is fantastic, Jesse. And you know, thank you, you know, so much for being with me on this, on this first inauguration of this adventures of the awakened heart. And I really think we touched some really important pieces of the puzzle here around this. I, I hope all our listeners have really enjoyed this time that we've had together. And, and I, I do encourage you if you're new to Gaia as well to just join, join the Gaia community and start exploring and uh, we'll, we'll be with you all the way. And the, and, and the one word that keeps coming to me right now, I just got to say it because it's there, is just this word you mentioned earlier, surrender. <clears throat> and I feel like if we were to surrender to the simplicity of the heart's message, you know, the heart does know the way, you know. So they listen to our heart, the heart knows the way. And then, as you said, go for those little ahas and those out of the blue moments. And what is it that's calling us? because the heart is always calling us home. So thank you so much, Jesse. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Julie. You're yeah, it's been an honor. It's, yeah, thank you so much. It's been in my honor to be here. Thank you so much. Awesome. Take good care. Thank you, everyone. Many blessings. Bye for now.